Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, it's Greg Harrelson here with another episode of the uh, Level Up podcast, of course, taking agents uh, from agent to entrepreneur. And I've got uh, a great guest. This guest is going to be somebody that I can introduce to you and say, um, as far as I can remember, going back, being in the real estate industry and all the way back in the days when I was first trying to do my first 100 deals, this guest was side by side with me masterminding, holding, we were holding each other accountable. We're doing everything we could to figure out how to break through and become top agents across the country. So it's a special guest that I'm, I'm excited uh, uh, to, uh, to have on, uh, on the show. More importantly, you probably all know this guy anyways, because he's a, he's a legend in the real estate industry, and that's Jeff Quinton. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? Good, good, good. Appreciate it. GH, man. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I didn't make you blush, did I? Yeah, I think you did when you called me a legend. I think so. You are a legend. <laughs> but you but you know what? When you live at the beach, as you know, you just get tan naturally. That's, That's what right. So, Sun's always out. Yeah. So, Jeff, real quick, I'm, there's probably only a few people that are going to hear this that don't know you. So, can you just get the simple stuff out of the way? Where the heck are you? What are you sure. kind of? What does your business look like? And then we'll just go get into um, some conversations and drop some nuggets for all of our listeners. All right, perfect. So my name is Jeff Quinton. I live and work in Ocean City, New Jersey, which is in Southern New Jersey, and I've been in the real estate business since 1992. Um, so like Greg and I, we've been doing this for a while now, like veterans around. Um, so I run a team here in Southern New Jersey, and we've also expanded in other areas. So for example, we're in Philadelphia, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Southern Florida, just uh, uh, expanding into the Outer Banks um, and Greenville uh, as well. And um, ultimately, uh, you know, I was with a, a, a real small independent company for a long time, the Prudential. Prudential got bought out in Berkshire, and then 2006 came over to KW. So I'm with the KW uh, brokerage, and um, you know, basically that's that's kind of where I'm at. Still here, and uh, you know. I think that your podcast is awesome because this is, I think we're going to talk about today, a lot of the content, how to move from agent to entrepreneur and yeah. what that actual, what that actually looks like, right? Because we all stood out, you and I, as a, as a regular agent, right? And built a team and gotten ourselves to a little bit different level uh, of, of that entrepreneurial um, spirit and, uh, and things. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. You, and you're a great example. And, um, you know, cause again, you know, you said you started in 92. I started, you, you, you actually started a few years before me, I believe you got a couple extra years, uh, in the business. Um, but we, we, you know, we met each other. We're both, you know, uh, really young at that time. And we were, we're trying to figure out how do we go from agent like licensed agent to, um, top producer. And we were looking at people. I remember we used to look at like Karen Bernardi, who's still a phenomenal real estate agent oh, yeah. you know, across the country. But I mean, me and you were just like chasing her all the time. Like how in the world are we going to ever catch this girl? I mean, right, right. Phenomenal, you know, but then through the process, we continue to, to build our businesses. And I think we ended up getting to top producer status. And, and, and like you said, today, we're going to talk a lot of things, a lot more about the things that are involved in the entrepreneur side of of the real estate industry kind of running a business and running teams so um let's let's just jump right into it you know um i I wrote down three words that i kind of want to discuss and we'll 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 break down each word individually i'll say all three of them now though is distraction conversion and scale 
So as I'm thinking of talking with you, Jeff, I'm thinking, man, this guy's got, you've mastered so many things, but distraction, conversion, and scale are some things that I know you can talk about. My question is uh, that I've written down here is, how in the world are you avoiding all of the distraction? And I'm sure you get distracted sometimes, but how do you like avoid the distraction and keep your focus on lead generation? Now, before you answer, I want to set it up a little bit different, uh, a little bit for you. We, we talked about this just a couple minutes ago and said, when people get distracted, they still like find time to go to lunch with their friends. When people get distracted, they still find time to go on the boat. When people get distracted in their business, they still find time to go home, eat dinner, pick up their kids. When people get distracted, the first thing that they neglect is lead generation. Yeah. But you have been known to be a master at lead generation every single day, no matter if the market's hot, the market's in a recession, you know, no matter where it is, you seem to keep your focus on lead generation. Tell me more about that. How do you do that? Because I think people need to get back to that right now. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's I think, a huge um, issue or a huge, uh, uh, you know, situation that agents are, are struggling with. And, and I think you and I still struggle with it all the time yeah. because the world itself is always wanting to pull us out of whatever it is we should be doing. I guess it all goes back, you know, looking at it, it, it starts with the mindset, I think, about lead generation. What does that mean to you? What's the activity involved? Um, you know, I always say that, you know, think about your car or anything that runs with fuel and gas, right? Like if you don't lead generate every single day, if you don't put fuel in the tank, what ends up happening? the car, the boat, the truck, whatever, will run out. So number one is the mindset I've always had is that I've got to continue to pour into whatever it is I'm doing, into the business every day. I've got to lead generate. I just know that's the fuel of what I'm doing. And then ultimately when it comes to distraction, secondly, I said, okay, number one, if I know that I have to do this, it's like, there's no excuse. It's, it, there's not, it, it cannot not be like, today I can't put fuel in my car. It just doesn't work, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the mindset that this is just what's gonna to have to happen. And then second part of that, I think, is when it comes to that scheduling and, and, and regenerating and prospecting, really, really treating that like an appointment, like time blocking it. And this is what I do. This is my job. So, so for example, if I was a surgeon, an orthopedic surgeon, orthopedic surgeon goes to work, he knows that today his first cut's at 7.30, his second one's at 10.30, his next one's at 2.30, his next one's at 4.30. He might have four or five knees or shoulders doing a day. That's what surgery is. The orthopedic guys do. I've got plenty of the clients. They make a ton of money. If they didn't go in and didn't already pre have or pre have those pre appointments already set up or no, see that that that's the activity that gets them paid. That's the activities that they've already pre set. If he didn't go in and do that, he wouldn't get paid. He wouldn't have you know those patients wouldn't be taken care of. So you know, for me, it's always been like this is something that has to be done. It's in my schedule, and there's nothing else out there that's going to eliminate me from doing that. And so it all starts even from like what we always used to say, we still say now is, you know, your day starts the night before. It's the, it's the before the scenes of getting prepared so that no distractions are going to set up, set you up so it takes you away from it. So ultimately, what does that mean? Okay, that means that if you're going to lead generate in the morning, you have everything prepared the night before at your desk, your desk is clean, you have your numbers ready, maybe they're loaded up in Mojo or Vulcan or whatever system you have, or using contact junkie, we'll talk about more about that. Things are ready to go, so that blasts out. So when those are, so the replies come back, you can get on them right away, making that part of it. You also then set up your environment, right? Like 
the number one thing I think reason why people get distracted is because their environment sucks. They're just messed up. It's just, it's, it's set up that they're, they're set up for to be distracted. Like mm-hmm. ultimately one of the things I learned from you early on, which is incredible was you took your call center, your prospecting place, place that you guys lead generate away from where normal retail, normal offices. Brilliant. Like we still do that today. If you come to where my office is here, it's, it's not in the market center. It's not where the office is. It's separate from my admin team. It's separate. Like in other words, from the outside looking in, it's a retail shop. There's no signage. There's, there's blinds in the door. You walk in, it's a full on real estate office with stand up, you know, uh, desk. There's no chairs. It's all stand up, two phones, two headsets. Uh, you know, like, and again, every old school, two headsets still plugged in and it's, and it's corded. It ain't wireless, right? Here they go. And I got my objection handlers in front of me. I've got my, my flip chart with my, my scripts there. It's an environment that when you walk in, I cannot be distracted. It makes me want to, to be in a position where I'm going to lead generate. If you call my office, there's no phones that ring in here. It all gets directed back to the admin, right? So no distractions. So outside of that, then we set up and say, well, if distractions is going to be this way, one, I've got my environment set up. Now two is who is going to be the one that's going to distract me? Okay, well, I've got three daughters, right? And you got kids, right? And my wife, right? So, okay, number one, hey guys, um, this is, I already have an appointment. So every morning uh, from nine o'clock to 12, I'm on an appointment. I'm doing my surgery, right? This is what I do. If you should, should call me then, you're not going to get me. Now, obviously, if there's an emergency involved, my wife knows to text me or something like that and call me or whatever emergency. Otherwise, I've set up so that the people around me, my mom knows this, my wife knows this, my broker knows this, my manager knows this, every real estate person in the community knows this. Like, you're never going to get Jeff Green on the phone or anybody of his team at 12 o'clock between 9 and noon. Just isn't going to happen, right? So we've set it up and let the whole world know this is what we do. And then we also let our clients know. So if it's a seller, hey, Mr. Seller, look, if you try to reach me between 9 and noon every day, I'm not prospecting right now to find a buyer for your home. So just leave me a message um, and I'll return your call between 12 and 1. Let me know the best number. But just so you know, if you call me then, I'm going to be focused on finding a buyer. It's setting the expectations up, right? Now, I know I'm going on and on. No, that's it's, good. It's, it's, stuff. it's just, I think that it's just, a, it's, it's, the discipline of that needs, needs to happen. And agents, unfortunately, sometimes don't understand the level that it takes. And then even the next level is the importance of what their time is worth when they're doing it. I mean, at, you know, at the peak, peak time of when I was prospecting where it was a time when I know I knew that for every eight contacts I made, boom, I got a listing. I'm not even an appointment, a freaking listing. And at the time I knew that, okay, right now, if I prospect in these three hours, my time's worth 4,000 bucks an hour when I'm doing that activity. So can you imagine, I know that I can walk in the office, make eight contacts, get a listing. And basically on the hourly rates for three hours, I make 12,000 bucks. Like if you knew you could make $12,000 and ask anybody in the world, 12,000 bucks, three hours, do this activity, talk to these many people. You'd be, you'd want to jump out of bed every morning, but like, I have to do that activity because that activity causes this result. That activity causes this income. And then the income allows me to go do what I want to do in my life. You know, the money that I make is allowing me to go earn and have the lifestyle and support those around me that I need to support. So uh, a lot of different things, I think in, in all of that, but it's knowing what you're worth and then, understanding what it's going to take to set up your environment and it's a mindset shift as well at the same time well dude i mean i 
you've just dropped so many nuggets. I'm going to have to just slow <laughs> this damn thing down. <laughs> <laughs> slow down here and let's, uh, let's go in reverse real quick. I'm going right. to bring a couple things up that are, um, and just clarify something. Uh, notice how Jeff, like, it's almost like a badge of honor for Jeff to raise his old double headset corded up. That's right. You know what's interesting about the corded? It's like it doesn't look cool because technology and cordless looks way better. Like you're relevant, you're current. But the, if I had the option of, of having two prospectors, one's corded, one's cordless, and they had the same skill sets, same set of numbers, I would take the corded prospect over them because when you have a corded headset, you're less likely to walk away because right. you have to take it off. When you have a cordless headset, you like the freedom. It's like, man, I can walk around. So then what you start doing is you lose focus on, uh, on your calls. You start walking around. You make less contacts per hour. So even though, you know, I, I, knowing Jeff, I catch these things in, in this dialogue. And I wanted to bring, that, to bring some attention to that because, Jeff, even though you said that, there is a lot more meaning to it than just like, oh, just got an old headset. You know, like somebody in the audience may send you a cordless headset. Uh, don't send him a cordless <laughs> headset. He's going to be mad and his, his team's going to want it. And then he's going to get mad that they're using it. He's going to want to put cords back on them. Uh, cords and leashes are very similar. Okay. And if you hey. ever hear Tom Ferry and, and Matthew Ferry tell yeah. a story, uh, Mike Ferry, I think one time put surfboard, surfboard leashes on mm -hmm. the ankles. So, to keep them at their prospecting station when they were working for, uh, for Mike uh, because they would actually walk away too much and it was yep. impacting their sales. So there's one. Now, I, I get, I, we, we did the same thing. Surf releases here right? back in the day was just to do it around their ankle to the desk. Like that's what we are to their, to their stand up. I'll give you another story just to bring it in where you say this is we had an agent one time that wasn't making his contacts and it was all in our prospecting room. It's all guys, right? It was no women. Now, you know, today, uh, whatever, this is just what happened. So basically for him, the accountability was, here's, here's what you're going to do. You're going to actually take your pants off, okay? So he's sitting here. He's got his dress shoes on, dress socks on, right, and boxer shorts. He'd take his pants, put on the hanger, and he'd have to give it to the staff outside, this at the time, outside of the office in a different room. And then we had a double-door double door, uh, deadbolt. So they would lock us in. So the deadbolt on both sides, right? So they'd lock us in. And the only way he could get out of the, oh, he only gets pants back is he'd have to slide under the door and show proof that he made those amount of contacts for the day. And then they would actually knock on the door and then he'd open it up and peek behind it and they would, they'd give him on his pants back on a hanger. Then he could leave. So it's that discipline. Of, uh, that, that's the discipline. Yeah. But that's what gets you to where you want to go. A few, a few other things that, um, that you said that's, that's important is, um, and I, you know, if your family, you got to make sure that everybody knows what you do. And, and I, you know, so many things that, that we talk about, either one of them could probably, uh, you know, either one of us could probably say it because we're so similar. Um, but like, you know, you take Jeremy Finger, my financial advisor that you know uh, very well. Um, you know, if you were to call Jeremy and say, hey, have you talked to Greg and it's nine o'clock or why don't you call Greg? Even he would say, oh no, he's prospecting. Even today, years later, after you know, I've kind of gotten out of the daily uh, grind of prospecting, my friends still associate with me between 8 and 11 doing income generating activities, which I'm still doing that, just not making outbound calls. 
And my wife, she knows that 8 to 11 is my routine. It's my sacred time. It's when I'm performing surgery. And just like you said, mm -hmm. if I was a surgeon and my wife knew or family knew that I was in the surgery room at that moment performing an important surgery, they wouldn't call unless it's an absolute emergency. And you, we have to understand um, that we do make a lot of money per hour when we're lead generating, but I just don't think agents know that. Like Jeff, you just said, I make 4,000 an hour. Now, if you said that to other agents or asked them, I don't think most people would know. So usually when people are distracted and they do another activity, the activity that's distracting them, I bet you makes them less money per hour than the oh, yeah. activity that they should be doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, you know, we, we look at it as an appointment. So, you know, when, if you or I or anybody was sitting in front of a seller presenting on a listing appointment, and let's assume that it was at, say, 10 o'clock in the morning, which it wouldn't be, but let's say it was, and we're sitting at 10 o'clock and uh, we're presenting a listing appointment, and all of a sudden, a good friend of yours calls your cell phone they haven't seen in a while. Number one, would you answer the phone? On a listing appointment, you probably wouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, number two, if you did answer the phone, and let's say this is a you know, uh, Bobby Sue's calling and, and Bobby Sue, uh, says, uh, you know, um, Hey, listen, I haven't seen you uh, in a while. And, uh, I'm around the corner at Starbucks. Um, you know, would you like to go meet for coffee? Right. Would you actually be like, uh, hello, Mr. Seller. Um, you know, this is, uh, Johnny Smith, Bobby Sue's here. And, um, I haven't talked to them in a while. So do you mind if I leave and I'll be back, but I gotta go. Like you would never do that. No one's going to get up from a listing presentation appointment and jet out and go, to meet somebody for coffee. But yet, in the morning when we're lead generating, that's exactly what they do. Ring, 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 I'm on the phone with an expired or for sale by owner or calling a past client, having a good conversation. Next thing you know, their cell phone rings, right? And it's Johnny you haven't seen in a while. You take the call, next thing you know, uh, I'm putting my phone down and meeting, meeting for a cup of coffee, and that becomes more of a priority. Yeah. Right? It happens all the time, distractions, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you gotta treat that time as if it was a listing appointment. Yeah. Yeah, so, so for the audience, I'll give you a little bit of a, a, a challenge. Um, I don't anticipate a lot of you will take, uh, take me up on this, but buy a stopwatch, have somebody in your office hold it, go in and do your morning routine, and then know, and, and, and have the person with the stopwatch click the stopwatch when you're actually doing um, generation or when you're actually generating business and then click it again to stop it when you're not doing it. And then after three hours, go look at how much time you really spent lead generating. When we did that years ago, we would see that well under 50% of the time that people said that they were generating, they actually weren't generating. They, they were generating less than 50%. And so most people, a lot of times, Jeff, I don't think people even realize that they're distracted. You know? I'm going to take, take up on that challenge with my team because I haven't done that in a long time. I'm going to do a clicker next to it. I'm just going to sit next to them. Okay. Now, they'll probably perform at a higher level because I'm yeah. looking at them the whole time. But still, I bet you it's still going to be 50%. Yeah. So I think what we need to do, Jeff, is we ought to both do that and I'll do it with you. But let's just not tell them. Right. Yeah, let's right. just not tell them. Let's just go ahead and get the stopwatch. And, and put it on there. And uh, I think that's a great idea. So I, I accept the challenge too. And uh, let's both do it. And like the old days, we'll trade notes. And, right. uh, Perfect. and then we'll talk about how we're going to beat everybody up. <laughs> exactly. Right. So let's, let's move on. Let's move on to another conversation. Okay. So I wrote, I, I wrote down conversion. And, you know, and, and, it, and the, the question becomes, how do you continue to increase conversion rates or even maintain conversion rates 
when there's so many people going after the same leads, right? Because we know that there's only 5 million plus, 5 to 6 million sales that occurred, that will occur this year, that occurred last year, and they occurred the, the year before in the real estate industry in, in, in America. So the number of sales is kind of remaining fairly constant. Um, but the number of leads generated has skyrocketed into the millions and millions and millions of leads generated, but the number of sales is the same. So what that tells us is that, that all these companies, whether it be me, my Real Geek Sites, your Real Geek Sites, Zillow's, Realtor.com's, everyone's counting a lead based on them capturing it, but because the people are being captured in multiple systems, that's the reason why the lead count is going up because they're being counted duplicates, triplicates, and et cetera. So what that tells me is if they're being captured in multiple CRMs, then that means eight, multiple agents are calling them and emailing them, which makes it more competitive. So yeah. what, are, what are you doing to make sure that you, your team, is, is maintaining acceptable conversion rates? Because if we let these conversion rates slip, that's where our profitability starts going down the drain. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, conversion, I think, is where obviously all the money is. And lead, and yeah. lead follow-up to that, you know, we say 75% of our business will come from lead follow-up and conversion as well. And I think that everybody, I mean, it's amazing when if you have a 2% conversion, you go from 2% to 5% with the same amount of leads, the, the profitability, like you said, just goes straight up through the roof because it's not much more time being spent on new leads. It's already on your existing. Yeah. Um, and, and so I guess it goes back to a, a couple of thoughts come to mind on this is – you know, what makes you be the most choosable agent in the market? What makes you be the one that stands out and positions yourself to have to, to be the one that they're going to buy from or sell from versus someone else? And I think that comes down to a couple of things. One is we talked about this yesterday in our team meeting is, is, for example, scripting, right? Understanding and listening to that to that lead that's coming in. If we're talking about inbound calling leads coming in, Internet leads or sign calls or ad calls, something inbound. You know, obviously it's speed to lead, right? It's being able to, to be available, being able to respond back in a certain period of time. I mean, it used to be, you know, the studies were showing you got to be within five minutes and after five minutes, you dropped off hundred percent of time. And, and then after, you know, or a hundred times less, yeah. you know, right. The whole MIT study that came out. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's like, for us, we're like, dude, you got, you got to be like 30 seconds or less, like on that lead. It's got to be like instant because that client, if they're on your site or wherever it is, they're going to someone else's, right? They, they're not getting their answer right away. They're going on to someone else's. It's just understanding that they are just going to get their answer how which way. So speed yeah. to lead and converting back super quick is, is so important. But I think also what's important is that when you have that lead that comes in, it's, it's being able to get in rapport with that client right away, immediately. And, you know, whether that's between mimicking and mirroring and matching them and, and, and being able to ask the right questions, repeating and approve them and baby speed, you know, as we call it, getting in their tribe, you know, uh, it's it's important because they want to feel comfortable, and and if you can get a rapport and someone feels comfortable, because most people today they're fear they're just fear of rejection, right? Even the clients, right? That's just human nature as far as you know the human need, mm -hmm. and they want to be felt, and they want to be accepted. So if we can make them feel accepted and what they're looking for, and what's important to them, and ask all those questions. You know, that's where I'm seeing the the the, the agents between those that are getting the same amount of leads. And one that's converting to one percent, and others are converting five percent. It's the conversations that they're having, and the rapport that they're getting, and then the value that they're providing in all of that. So, like for example, you know, if a, if a uh, uh, 
someone calls in on a Zillow lead and an agent gets it, you know, we're going to have to make sure number one is we answer the questions or answer what they want to know. Most time is tell me a little more about the property. What's the price? You know, what's the condition of it? What's the location like? Give them what they want, right? They, they, they'll, some of these people, oh, well, let me, let me hold on a second. Let me go to my computer and let me look at this. And meanwhile, they're starting to try to ask questions, like trying to, they want the answer quickly. So mm -hmm. we got to give them the answer quickly. But at the same time, we also are fearful of, if I give them the answers, they're going to hang up and roll, roll away. Okay, thank you. Boom. But as long as you're scripted and you get in rapport and, and you start asking those good questions and what, what's important to them, you draw them into you. And if you can do that often enough and, and bond with them that way, then there's a connection. So the connection inside of that helps conversion. Secondly is, I, I hammer our team on this, is freaking knowing the inventory. You've mm -hmm. got to know what's for sale. You gotta know it. You just have to. You gotta be an expert. You gotta know what's on the market, who the seller is, even what their situation is, even if it's not your own listing. Like understand where the home is, what's affecting the area, what's in the neighborhood, so you can give value there and explain to them a little deeper than just here's the price of the home. Like you know this home here. Reason, reason they might say, well, what's the motivation? Well, the reason why the seller is selling this is because they're relocating or doing this or doing that. And by the way, I know you can't see from the pictures, but they just put a brand new pool in the back. I mean, it's amazing. You got to know the inventory and the product. And by doing that, they're going to be like, wow, this guy knows what's going on. He knows the market. You know, and and then being able to give them that value. So I guess that's I go. I'm going on and on a little bit about it, but it's kind of a little bit different than looking at some of the tools that we always talk about with conversion and and you know. And, and, and we'll talk about those things too. But first thing I want to talk about is understanding the communication skills required yeah. so that you can, you can, you know, can really uh, cement them right then. Yeah. You know, uh, so, so we capture a lead, right. And you mentioned speed to lead. And I think that, you know, that's something that's so, so it's, it, everyone talks about speed to lead, but, uh, but executing on speed to lead like in real time or within 30 seconds is, is much more difficult than it sounds. Right. Um, so we've got that, but then you've got when, so I, I like the, the twist that you're bringing to the conversation about conversion. Conversion is not just speed to lead, but when you get on the phone, you've got to connect and retain. So like I wrote down you, what you said is lead connection, like connecting with the lead, lead connection and retention, because you right. could actually have a conversation with that lead, give them some information. And then the next person that have a, has a conversation with them actually does the deal with them. So I would say you, you actually talk to the lead, maybe speed the lead work, but you didn't make a connection that allowed you to retain them as a client that closed a transaction with you. So I thought that was really, that, I haven't heard that one before. So lead connection and retention. So let's talk a little bit more about the technology side, because I know that you're using Contact Junkie, and of course, um, it's something that a good friend of ours, Abe Safa, um, you know, created, and I'm involved with, but how are you using Contact Junkie? How, how is Contact Junkie um, improving your conversion ratios? How are you using yeah, technology so, automation? Uh, so, to increase yeah, so, so, so one of the, one of the, one of the initiatives I have, and it's written down on my, on my, when I have a one, three, five and my, you know, my, my three priorities and so forth as a business plan this year. Um, one of those strategies um, is generating leads and obviously conversion in this topic for my team. So I set out and said, okay, I said to myself, one of the goals I have currently right now is how do I generate 100 seller inbound leads a day to the team? That's my goal. When I wake up every morning, 
that's my only one thing. Like, how do I generate 100 seller inbound leads? And sometimes it could be buyer inbound leads too. Like, I want them to be in conversation and getting people where they're actually outbound prospecting each day without distractions, right? And they're getting the, the, the ability for inbound to come in so they can go qualify and convert. So when I have that first set in mind, like how to get 100, 100 inbound leads, and that could become from any which way, I don't care how it shows up. It could be home valuation leads. It could be people that say, uh, go, go uh, you know, I'm not interested. You know what I mean? It could be, it could be any type of response from the seller, lead, but I want a hundred of them at, at minimum per day. So what we're doing inside of our, our, our organization, especially contact junkie is basically we're taking every and any all lead we have and we're putting them into the system and the system has sequences set up as you know, and there's campaigns inside of that. And we're running those campaigns each and every day. And basically we're, 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 we're setting them up with a strategy where, they're triggered to make sure they're going to raise their hand with some good content inside of them with some value. Now, for example, my mindset behind this is that, you know, everyone talks about that, um, you know, they, they want to have or go hire their own ISA, their inside sales associate, right? Like that's their, mm -hmm. I, I want an ISA, how do you get an ISA? And I, but no one, first of all, no one's actually done it themselves at the level they should as their own ISA. Like I keep telling everybody, listen, you need to be your own damn ISA first, right? And so, so, so get that, nail that down. And then, and then ultimately, if you need some leverage, rather than going hiring a person, Contact Junkie becomes my ISA. That's how we're using this right now. So, for example, this morning, so this morning, Dave on our team, uh, you know, my listing partner, he's got his own account, and he, he by ten o'clock this morning, he'd already set and, I, and he screenshotted it and sent it to me. He goes, dang, this worked really well this morning. I already set one appointment for seven hundred thousand dollars, specifically on the campaign that came in from 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 Junkie. So, it's allowing us to to uh, put these leads that we have, whether expires or sell owners, doing just regular homeowners in the, in the marketplace and communities uh, through there. And then we, we are able to, um, you know, watch the responses come back. But what's cool about it has been all the, the intelligence behind it. It says, we know that if we do this campaign and it runs for 10 sequences on average, it's 4.5 times before they actually respond. Yeah. You know, whatever, which one it is. So it's really cool to see, okay, this campaign's performing better than this one, or this one takes longer or whatever it may be. So, we're really treating that as our ISA right now inside and the agents are treating that way. And we're just loading it up each and every day. So we're increasing as a team anywhere between it could be as much as a hundred to 150 to 200 responses a day uh, by putting in maybe a thousand leads and running at any moment. Yeah, but, that, awesome. but, ulti but ultimately that's how many responses we're getting back, which therefore allows the opportunities for me to come in and either reassign them to the agent who, whose lead it is, or if it's a, other outside sources of leads, I can then choose which agent based upon the geographic location they service or the type of lead or whatever and start giving those leads out, which therefore, as you mentioned earlier, is providing great value to these guys. So helping them convert at a higher level as leverage and then also providing them leads that are coming in through systems as leverage as well. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's that, working. That's, that's solid. That's solid. So one of the things that, you know, one of the things that Abe was focusing on when, uh, when he developed Contact Junkie was um, I, I, we keep talking in the industry and, and still today, everyone talks about conversion from contact to contract conversion rates. And, and what I'm trying to preach is and, and get people to listen to is like, hey, look, that, that ship has sailed. That's not the conversion that you need to be spending your time looking to improve right now. The conversion ratio that you need to spend your time and money on improving is capture to contact ratio. Right. Because see, every lead comes at a cost, whether or not you talk to them or not. 
So the ones that you talk to, great. You know, what's your conversion rate to contract? The ones that you actually talk to. But when you start to look at it, look at it more leads are captured and never talked to that never get to be factored into that contact to, con to contract conversion ratio. So what we, what we notice is there was so much lossage of oh, yeah. leads and names that we captured that we never talked to. And what we're using Contact Junkie for is to put those people into Contact Junkie and increase our contact ratios. And when we increase our contract ratio, contact ratios by say 80%, then even if we maintain the same conversion ratio from contact to contract, then we, even if our skills are the same, we wait, make way more money because we're pumping in way more leads into that, yeah. uh, into that formula. So that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, and I know. It's the same thing. And, we're, and that's, uh, that's what I say because how many times have we, we've called an expired, uh, let's say at eight o'clock in the morning, can't get them, 12 noon, can't get them, three o'clock, can't get them. Oh, maybe at seven o'clock at night, we get them, right? Yeah. Hey, have a good conversation. Guy says, send me some info, call me tomorrow. I'm like, God, oh, it's a great lead. Good. I finally got him on the yeah. phone. Call him tomorrow, doesn't answer. Call them at the same time that you did before. Doesn't answer. Call them Wednesday. Doesn't answer. Next thing you know, a whole batch more expires come in and call. And now we talk to these other expires that we have a good conversation with, send them stuff. Next thing you know, the first one that you talk to, he gets lost. He's done. Like, he's yeah. like you're just on this other one. And I chase that guy down and you've chased. We're using it as the same thing. Like, we're using it as a chaser. Like, this yeah. is, this is a, the ones I can't get to, I need to get to. So, therefore, if I'm getting to the ones I normally get to and I can't, and I can get to more that I can never not get to all combined together getting to more and then the content, the conversion goes up and then plus having the skills to know what to say and get a report as we talked about before combined production. Yeah. I, I just had this crazy visualization here, this vision of you standing in this room and there's like 10 plates spinning on these rods, right? And you're just like running around and you're like <laughs> all these damn plates. Well, what contact junkie for you is just added like four arms. So yeah. instead of being able to keep 10 spinning, now you can keep 40 spinning or 100 spinning at one time. And if you can keep, uh, you know, 100 spinning versus 20 spinning, you're uh, spinning, then you're probably going to do five times the, uh, the production. So that's awesome. Let's, yeah. uh, let, let's go on to the, uh, the last word that I wrote down because I know that you, you know, you've expanded. You know, I, I, I can remember back in the day, you were like the king of Ocean City, uh, you know, New, New Jersey. You just absolutely dominated the market share in that market. And, and I'm sure you're still crushing it in that market. Um, but now you've crossed state lines. Actually, you crossed another state line and multiple state lines. You know, my question is this, is with those guys that are out there and or those, you know, agents, male or female, that are out there building big operations for themselves, they're scaling or they're at least they're, they're, they're expanding, let's call that. Because expanding and scaling is not the same thing. Right. Um, how are you scaling? And I don't really wanna talk about how do we scale and make sure that we provide all of our team members leads because that just yeah. takes a couple dollars, right? Spend more right. money, we can provide them some leads. Um, but I think one of the things that you do well is, is you coach your agents, you train your agents, and you provide them resources and, and systems to help develop their businesses. Um, that's harder to scale. So how are you maintaining um, your, your, the, the quality of your coaching um, you know, to a broader audience 
that's no longer just in your one office in Ocean City, New Jersey? Yeah, so the scaling part is a challenge, and when you become a leader, and leading is always a challenge, right? It's always just what we go through, and it's still learning every day. Um, you know, there, there's there's certain systems that we have, there's certain um, processes that we put together to allow things to scale across organization, no matter where they're located. Everything from if someone needs a contract for sale uh, done, they just simply fill out a link, and it shows up on the dashboard of the admin. They do it that way. Little things like that they can plug into. Plus, we're able to provide them, you know campaigns and like, for example, Contact Junkie and Infusionsoft and websites that are already pre-built out. So these, these things, all these different systems they can plug and play into to help them build their business. And then ultimately in the scale of things, as far as the coaching and mentoring and, and systems there, you know, what we do is, um, you know, um, each day, for example, uh, I, I, we all have a huddle. It's a huddle call. We all call it at 8.15 in the morning a whole entire organization. Now, as we continue to grow and get larger and larger, not everybody's going to be able to do that. I'll have expansion director only doing expansion and then and regional doing this one and so forth. But ultimately, you know, that's just one little thing that we do each day. We all come on 15 minutes and basically share three things. One is, you know, what's your goal for the month? Where are you right now? And then what's your commitment for the day? And then everything that we're doing as far as other training where, where they're, where they, the agents aren't local, you know, everything is coming through zoom. So a coaching a session, 12 o'clock sales team meeting on Mondays, I do a personal three o'clock coaching call on the phone, not through Zoom, but on the phone on Mondays as well. Team meeting for the whole company on Tuesdays, all Zoomed in. And then from time to time, we'll, we'll watch to mix in different guests and so forth to keep them plugged in. So we're able to scale that way a little bit as far as, as, far as communication always happening. And thank God I got some good leadership as well. It's helping me with a lot of that. You know, Scott, our CEO is helping with that. Bob, our expansion director is helping with that. Lauren, the rock star, you know, our executive assistant helps in all of this. Um, but ultimately, that the, that behind all of that is the systems and the processes set up. So an agent can plug and play into us, and then bring their business over, and then allow that to go. So whether um, we we have uh, you know let's say for example in our world kid up you know there's an eight by eight and a thirty three touch program. So any agent can bring in their thousand person center of influence list, put it in our system, and we're going to be able to communicate to them from them with a the communication. We can scale that up with with. 50 agents to 100 agents right away. It's already built. Mm -hmm. um, we have a new system out um, that, you know, basically very basic. It's like, it's like contextually we developed, it's called Contact Stash. And Contact Stash is a system that one of the challenges that people say is, well, I have a center of influence list, but how often do I call them? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, what do I do? Well, we just simply say, okay, if you have a thousand people, break them down, give us the people we need to talk to every 30 days, those every quarter, 90 days, and those every six months, like your A, B's and C's. We put them in the system and immediately every day, it's just an email is sent to them through contact stash, an email with an email. You open up the email and in the email, on the email has the contact list with their information that they can just call from immediately right then. They don't have to log into a million different CRMs and figure this one out and have a dashboard. It's all crazy looking, right? So again, very simple, basic way and providing these agents the basics of things that they need to power them. And then also removing everything else off of their plate. So scaling with the transaction management side, scaling with the listing management side. We've got the managers behind the scenes that can take care of basically all of that off of their plate. So all they're going to go do is really just going to prospect each day, lead generate, negotiate, go on appointments, and close the transactions. And everything else behind the scenes, we've built out all these little little systems to grow, you know, to be able to do that. And now we're still working on them every single day, you know. Yeah. So is all that managed in one hub? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So you're all kind of a, a hub and spoke model. 
Correct. Yeah, you're not, just like you're a, not like duplicating device. infrastructure all over the place trying to figure out no. how to how to pay for it. You're actually uh, just scaling within one hub. Correct. Yeah, yeah, just like a bicycle wheel. Everything sits here, and then all the spokes are the agents in other locations, other than the people that are inside the hub. And then we just built that out so we can we can scale out from there. So the systems behind the scenes, the coaching, the training, and, and being able to have the the the, the ability to. Um, uh, you know, plug into those agents through conference con conference calls and Zoom meetings and so forth is uh, is seen the way that uh, we've been we've been able to do it. So, how many hours would you say yourself or your leadership team spend in uh, Zoom like or webinar like meetings with um, within your team um, that are really coaching or training based? About how many hours? A week. So, so it's different depending on if they're a new agent just getting onboarded. So, let, I'll share with you. So, for example, like the onboarding process when it comes to scale, we built everything out on a platform for its learning management system called Learning Zen. So, Learning Zen, you know what we did there is, and I know you have something very similar that you yep. built out. Uh, you know, it's a course-based system. It's like units. In other words, they have to go and take course number one, and that's not unleashed until they complete it to course number two. And there's one system set up through admins, admin administrative uh, uh, training and then the next one's for sales skills. And everything there also acts as like a repository. So it's like a library as well. So anytime somebody, you know, if somebody comes to you or I and they say, you know, I'm having a challenge right now on a for sale by owner objection. I don't, how do you handle that? Instead of them coming to me, having to always do that me role play with them, go to Learning Zen. It's in there. All the objections are in there. There's recordings in there. There's that scenario is already set up. Like, you know, I have a place where they can go and pull from. You know, like today I had an agent today uh, says to me, hey, I'm showing this listing. There's four offers on it. Um, you know, what's the best strategy right now for multiple offers? I said, go to our learning zone. Go to our Google Drive or sales drive. In there is 10 ways to, to, to compete with multiple offers. There's 10 strategies on what you need to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, set up. So, not, not where I have to go and retrain that thing over and over again. In our business for scale, what one agent asks is a question, the next one's going to ask the same one. The situation that one has, this one's going to have the same one at some point. So we just start documenting and training and recording and, and building that whole thing so that we're not pulled back every time, spending that time all the time, right? Yeah. So I, I would say between, you know, between, you know uh, the huddle calls and uh, the meetings, I would say four to five hours a week, basically, uh, I'm involved in, in all of that. Now, I also have one-on-ones. I still do with my agents as well, like half-hour coaching sessions for my agents that are at the levels they should, that they get time spent with me. And then I do also some agents that aren't at the level where they, yet yeah, they're newer, that I need to have like a group coaching session I do for 30 minutes with them. So I have that built in the schedule. So, you know, right. that's, you know, my time is spent on the training and mentoring and, and leading those agents. And then also with my leadership, making sure that they, for example, like today, Bob's our expansion director. He's got two, I think, one-on-ones with two expansion partners. And then there's a, a Zoom meeting that he runs for other additional team leaders at KW introducing ourselves to the team leaders in those market centers about us wanting to expand in their market centers. Uh, and so he runs a, an hour, kind of a half hour to an hour uh, uh, Zoom meeting where he'll go through our value proposition, ask questions, and answer things. So leverage that part out. But the system's involved. Yeah. So, so you're, when you're coaching, you're making sure that you're archiving, you're recording and uh, you're, you're recording. So you're preserving the content, you're archiving it. So you can get a lot of, uh, a lot of leverage or a lot of, uh, I guess, mileage on it. So yeah. if I was to join your team five months from now, um, I, I would be able to just see this entire library of content created by you and your team and just pretty much answer any questions that I want. Yeah. yeah for the sure. most part, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's always new things that come up, but, most of the stuff's probably addressed in the in, in your library learning yeah. 
Got yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's allowed us to scale because any I can I can bring in hundred agents and they can plug them into that, or I can bring in five. It doesn't, you know, either way, it's built out there. So they get the education, they can go back and they get the training that's needed. I, you know, do you would you when you bring on somebody else to your team within your organization, do you sense that sometimes they're overwhelmed with how much you're actually providing? Because and that's not to try to to put you up yeah. on a pedestal. I mean, really, like. Do you ever get where that becomes a challenge? It's almost like, let's not introduce them to everything because they actually may get uh, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, paralysis for, uh, through analysis. How do yeah, you yeah, handle yeah. that? Well, yeah, originally we built that learning zone. It was like, you know, two to three hours a day for like, it was basically, if you did, if you did the courses the way it was scheduled originally, in 14 days, two weeks, basically, 14 business days or however many days you did it, you'd be completed. We now rebroke that out and said we agents were getting overwhelmed. They couldn't get to, to do it. Plus, I want them to get in production. I want them to sell. Yeah. It's not to be overwhelmed with just all this. It's kind of a balance. So we did break that out. We have just the stuff that's like the welcome to the team. Here's what you need to do now, like getting them set up in the beginning. And that's kind of the first week and learning some stuff there. And then introduce the next part of our CRM, Real Geeks, understanding how that works. So they can start lead generating, getting them in the system. So, yeah, it's spread out much, much longer now than it was before. But, yeah, you're right. And they still get overwhelmed. Because you have a new agent, does some of these newer agents, not newer agents, but other agents, their agents, been in the business a year or two years, some maybe veteran agents, never had all these systems available. And then all of a sudden they're there and they're like, oh, and some of them are, some of them are, are, are drivers. So like, I, I just need to stay focused and I want to nail it down, do it all. And some like it too analytical. They're, you know, the high C's are like, well, you know, where do I start? And they get lost, right? So yeah, yeah. it's a challenge, you know, let's keep them on track. And that's where... We come in, we have our 30, 60, 90 program. Like here's the first 30 days. Here's what you need to accomplish. And here's the benchmarks of the things we need to make sure you're hitting. Like at the end of our 90, 90th day, they have to be 100% proficient in real geeks. They need to demonstrate how to, how to do everything inside there, right? Like yeah. set up all the searches, know what's going on, how to, you know, reminders and campaigns and text and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, why don't we go ahead and start winding it down? But I'm just going to um, ask you a question that you probably get all the time. I know I get it quite often. And, um, and it's probably a question that a lot of our listeners, you know, um, you know, sometimes are in a position to ask themselves. And that is, you know, I'm doing 15, 10 to 20 deals. I want to break through, you know, I'd like to do some more business. What do you suggest? Sure. Now, and I say that this, I, I intend to make the question vague because that's usually how it comes to us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of vague like that. But you know, what is one or two things that you tell people that that ask you questions like that? So it's interesting, and, and, and as a gift, if you like, I'll send this to you. I did a, I taught a class recently, zero to seventy-five, like oh, transactions. Cool. Okay, so it's yeah. taking an agent from zero to twenty-five. What it looks like? Twenty-five. Zero to 75, 75. Yeah. And so it takes them from zero to 25 transactions, 25 to 50 and 50 to 75. And it, it just breaks down like, okay, in, in that journey of going from those wherever you may be. So if an agent's in 10 to, 10 to 15 or 20, and I don't have the notes in front of me, but I'll just remember what they basically are yeah. out of my mind is the agent's doing 10, 15, 20 deals. You and I know that agent is grinding, man. That agent is in the business. They're working eight days a week. If there's eight days available, they're working 80 hours. They're just, they're out there. There's no more time. Like how do I go from 15 to 30? How do I do it? So it really comes down to that agent itself. The answer to that question is really prioritize it, prioritizing their schedule and really having to, to, to focus in on like what we talked about in the, like about before is their lead generation. Because what's happening is 
that everyone outside of them is distracting them. Everyone outside of them is running their schedule instead of the schedule running them. And so it comes down to time management for them to get them there because right now they are running as best they can doing 15 deals and doesn't for them doesn't feel like there's any time. But what they need to be able to do is put aside an hour and a half or two hours and get themselves to three hours a day of the first thing in the morning lead generating. The next thing you know, by doing those activities, they've added on two more appointments, maybe three more appointments uh, or one appointment a week, say four a month. And they're going on four a month and maybe the ratio at that point is still 50%. All of a sudden, they're landing two more contracts a month. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, next thing, and they're selling uh, one of those of those there. So now they're getting one more deal a month from just going on one more appointment a week. But it's the time that they're spending. And so it's a time management issue, making sure they need to get the lead generation time, I believe, is the first thing that they need to kind of look at. So it's looking at, and I'll, get, I'll, I'll do this real quick. And I know we're coming to the thing. Four things I would look at is draw a line down the middle, vertical, and draw a line horizontal. At the left-hand part at the top, you write down start doing, Right below that, stop doing. On the other side, right hand, uh, uh, less of, and then down the bottom of that, more of. And what they need to do is really take a look at their time and, and put in there and say, what do I need? To, what do I need to really stop doing? Absolutely, stop doing. Like in other words, I'm not going to get distracted, you know, or I'm go- I'm not going to do a doctor's appointment at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday when the doctor tells me I'm only available at 10 right? Because you already have your appointment. So I'm going to stop letting people control my morning uh, and start doing well. I'm going to start uh, previewing property where I'm going to go learn the inventory and I'm going to, I'm going to start uh, calling my past clients or center of influence, you know, make sure I call them once, once a month, right? So anyway, we're going to look at this whole four quadrants. We're going to take that and where it says stop doing and less of, that's what you're going to start removing from your morning. And now you're going to then have a business plan based upon your start doing and more of, and you do that. And if they were able to do that and concentrate on just those items and put that in their morning schedule, they're going to, they're going to add one or two transactions a month. That's dude. That is awesome. That's awesome. So what do you call that? Do you have a name for that little quadrant thing? The quadrant ring. Yeah. Well, you know what? We need to put a name on it. The Q quadrant. Yeah. Okay. Well, of course. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that, that's great. That, that is so helpful. Well, cool, man. I appreciate it. And as always, you know, I enjoy just, uh, you know, hanging out with you and we don't get to hang out nearly as much as we, we used to. Um, but I do enjoy it. I'm going to see you, uh, you know, soon, yeah. um, you know, we'll hang out a little bit more. But um, if somebody has any questions or just want to send you a referral or even more importantly, wants to join you and join in, uh, you know, your operation and, and get all these resources and coaching that you're providing, uh, what's the best people, uh, way for people to reach out to you? You just email me, Jeff at the Quinton Group. So it's Q-U-I-N-T-I-N uh, Group, thequintongroup.com. You got them on social media. We're at, at Jeff Quinton. Hit me up there, Facebook. I'll reply back there. And uh, so pretty easy to get to. Yeah, cool. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, just go to the, you know, find me on, on Facebook and message me. It's usually the easiest place. And, uh, you know, I'd appreciate it if you would, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast and also give us a review, whether it's a good review or a bad review. All reviews are important to us. See how we're doing, of course, and let, uh, you know, Google, iTunes and everyone else know that, uh, you, you know, that we're relevant in the eyes of the, uh, the real estate industry. So please uh, take a minute and, uh, and give us a review. Jeff? Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I'm sure the audience does also. And we'll chat soon. Appreciate you. Thanks so much. Yeah, man.